Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Vibrant family, let me hear from you Sunday morning. How we doing? Turn to your neighbor and tell him you look good today. Come on now. Now turn to your second favorite neighbor and tell him you look pretty good too. Tell him. I love it. Glad you're here today. You look great. Glad you're in the house of the Lord. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors, and we're so thankful that you chose to be in the house of the Lord today. You could have been a thousand other places, but you chose to be at church, and we're honored that you're, uh, that you're here. Uh, I, I want to echo what Pastor Sean was saying about life groups. I can't um, say it strongly enough that if you call Vibrant Church home, you need to be a part of a life group. Right, like we don't do life alone. Uh, like that's not how God created us. That's that's not our style of ministry as a church. Uh, we really want to get to know you and your family and get connected with you. And the way that we do that, as we grow as a church, look around. There's not a lot of empty seats. As we grow as a church, the way that we stay small as we grow bigger is through life groups. Okay, uh, because we got we we all got to stay connected and we have the same spiritual DNA and we always we always want to kind of invest in each other's lives. And so I want to encourage you. And then on top of that. That if you have not been through freedom, I'm telling you, it is spiritually transformative. If you want something that will change, that will take your past and change your future, your future, I'm telling you, it will change your life. You need this, okay? Everybody say, I need freedom. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here today. In this series, we are making breakthrough personal. Making breakthrough personal. It's bigger um, then a breakthrough, it's my breakthrough. Everybody say, it's my breakthrough. My breakthrough. That's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're right in the middle of that right now. If you have not gotten a prayer guide, we're in week two. Uh, at the end of week two a prayer of, of 21 days of prayer and fasting, I would encourage you, go get a book. Uh, they're in the lobby. They're free. You can go get one. Uh, finish this last week of prayer and fasting with us. Strong personal fasting and prayer. It breaks chains. Uh, that may have been on your life really for years. It, it will break that. And so uh, let me just kind of set up where we've been in the series uh, so I can kind of catch everybody up here. The old city of Jericho in the Old Testament was the first walled up city. In fact, the walls, there were two sets of walls around the city of Jericho. They were four stories tall. So the Lord gave the Israelites a way coming out of the wilderness the Lord told them that the first city that they were going to take was Jericho. That was the first city. So the Lord gave them this mission, but then they show up and they Jericho is the first walled city. It's got four-story tall walls around it. How are we going to do that? Well, the Lord gave them a way that, he, that they would take the city and eventually the promised land of Canaan. We find that in Joshua chapter 6, verse 3. March around the city once with all the armed men. This is about 600,000 people, okay, if you're looking at that. And so do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram, ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven 
times and the priest with the priest blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Everybody say a loud shout. shout. Now that was too quiet. Say a loud shout. That's what I'm talking about. A loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse. The army will go up, everyone straight in. What's interesting about the the old city of Jericho is that there were four gates surrounding the city. Those gates fortified the entry points. For you to get to the gate, you had to go up a ramp. That was at least 100 foot tall. So literally, you'd go up a ramp that was 100 foot tall. There's a gate, and then there's a wall that's four, that's four stories tall. Can you imagine how, how fortified this city was, right? There were four gates around. And so in this series, we've been talking about gates that will lead to your personal breakthrough in 2022. You could say that in a good old preacher voice. Come on now, right? Your breakthrough in 2020. I didn't plan it that way, but it just how it worked out. I'm gonna give you four gates, four gates. Number one, the first one we talked about was obedience. Obedience. It's simply being willing to say yes to the Lord, right? Too many people, what we do is we look for provision without obedience and it doesn't work that way, all right? We, we've got to step into obedience to the Lord's plan. Second of all, last week at our grand opening, did y'all have fun at grand opening last week? Was that so much fun? And I noticed that we have so many people back that were first time guests at grand opening last week. Come on, let's give it up for all of our returning. Y'all done been here twice. You're part of the family. You might as well dive in. Next is right after church. Come on, all right? Today, I want to talk to you about something that's really going to hit everybody, okay? It's going to hit everybody. I don't care if you've been a believer for one day or 10 years or 100 years. I don't care. It's going it's to hit you. Today, we're going to talk about endurance. Endurance. The strength to withstand. The strength to withstand. On a flight from Portland, Maine to Boston in the summer of 1987, a pilot heard an unusual noise from the back of the aircraft. And so Henry Dempsey, Dempsey he turned over the controls to his co-pilot and he went back to the back of the plane to check it out. As he reached the back of the plane, the, the plane hit an air pocket and Dempsey was actually tossed against the rear door. He quickly discovered the, the, the source of the mysterious noise. The rear door had not been properly latched prior to takeoff and it fell wide open. Dempsey was instantly sucked out of the plane. The co-pilot, seeing the red light on the control panel that indicated an open door, he radioed the nearest airport requesting permission to make an emergency landing. He reported that Dempsey had fallen out of the plane and he requested a helicopter be dispatched to search the ocean for Dempsey's body. After the plane had landed, the ground crew, to their surprise, found Henry Dempsey holding on to the outdoor ladder of the aircraft. Somehow he had caught the ladder and managed to hold on for 10 minutes as the plane flew 200 miles an hour at an altitude of 4,000 feet. What is more impressive is that as the plane made the approach and landed, Dempsey had kept his head from hitting the runway merely 12 inches away from the ground. According to news reports, it it took several airport personnel more than a few minutes to pry the pilot's fingers off of the ladder, right? Off of the ladder. That That is the picture of endurance, is it not? That is the picture, the absolute picture of endurance. That's the ability to hang on when it would have been way easier to let go. Hanging on. 
Many people are blessed with certain attributes, but endurance jumps to the forefront for success in any endeavor. I don't care if you're a business owner or if you're a parent or if you're in your marriage or if you're whatever you're doing, endurance is the key that keeps us from giving up and letting go. It keeps us from that. Endurance is the power to keep on going in spite of difficulties. You know, a popular old sayings describe it as like it's the power to keep on keeping on. Right? Right? That you just got to hang in there, right? My dad always used to say it this way, and I'm still believing it's a word. I don't care if the dictionary dictionary says it's not. Stick-to-itiveness. Anybody heard that one before? That was my daddy told me like, "Hey, you got to have some stick-to-itiveness. That is a word." Uh, don't it's just the point here is just to not quit. It's synonyms and are determ- determination, perseverance, tenacity, stamina, backbone. When endurance is used in the Bible, it's, it, it means to abide under. I'm going to go somewhere with that in a minute. To abide under, to bear up con- courageously, or to tarry or wait. <laughs> Henry Dempsey would just say is holding on for dear life, right? That's what he would call it. You know, these Israelites, they were called to walk around the city of Jericho six times individually. They'd do it one time, and then they would go back to their camp, and they would rest. They would do it another day. I want you to imagine, that's 600,000 people plus out there. If you get five people in one group and you talk about any subject, it could be sports, politics, food, there's going to be a disagreement, right? Okay, how many of y'all put ketchup on your burger? Okay, all right, how many of y'all don't put ketchup on your burger? Amen, that y'all going to heaven. How many of y'all use steak sauce? No, I don't, I don't use it. How many of y'all don't use steak sauce? Amen. In Texas, we know how to grill good steaks. That's what we do. It's like a gifting, like rite of passage to be a, get, a, get a driver's license here, right? But anytime you get a group of people, there's going to be a disagreement. That's 600,000 plus people. And they're walking around the walls of Jericho. Can you imagine the conversations that start to happen on like day two? Like day five, bro, it's hot. It's a desert. Bro, my feet hurt. Hey, I need some new. I need some new Jordans. Where my? I, I I I need. I need some new shoes. I like. I'm hungry. I, I want some food. I just, some of y'all, you feel that in the middle of the fast right now. You feeling that? Sorry, I won't preach about food anymore. I promise. Can you imagine the conversations that went through, like, that that crowd? They're bored out of their mind. Are you sure this is going to work? Josh, are you sure? Is, is he really sure that God told him that? Like, is he sure this is going to work, right? You know, this week, um, my family and I, uh, we had the opportunity. We got past grand opening. I promised my kids, if you would just hang on and have a little endurance and get through grand opening, I will do something special with you, okay? And so we got through grand opening. Well, both of my older boys, their birthdays are in January. So we took them on a little trip. We went to Disney this week. We went and prayed for Brother Mickey Mouse. And, and, uh, and he, 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 we, we won him to the Lord this week. So praise God. Um, and so, but we had a great time. But my wife is like the ultimate planner. You know, I mean, like the ultimate planner. Like, if you want to travel with somebody, go with her. Like, she's awesome. Like, plans everything. I just showed up to the airport, and it's like, I'm here to carry bags. That's what I'm here to do. I know my job, my husband's mouth, and get on the airplane. That's it. Uh, but we showed up to, to Magic Kingdom, the most 
magical place on earth. Uh, but my wife had the whole day planned, right? We're going to show up like when it opens with three kids. And y'all, she had the whole thing planned to like what ride we were going to ride at 9.39 a.m. Like, and after we do this, we're going to use our lightning pass and we have it planned out. We're going at 12.22, we're going to eat lunch. We have 17 minutes to eat right here. We got to eat because we got to get to this next ride. And but let me tell you, Buzz Lightyear, we, he wasn't going to surprise us. We're going to get there right on time and we're going to see Brother Buzz. And it was a good time. But we stayed there from opening moment, the, like they dropped the rope. Like we got there before Mickey Mouse. Like I just, until we stayed there until the end of the night from the last firework, like we was shutting the door and locking the door for him. I, I, we was doing the whole thing. And the whole time, my wife, she planned this whole thing. It was beautiful. It was awesome. She did great. My kids, I don't know if you know this, but if you have kids, when you travel with kids, it's not a vacation. It's a trip, right? Amen? <laughs> Amen? So, like, we're doing the whole Disney thing, and we're just like, hey, guys, hey, don't get mad. Hey, let me distract you. Hey, look, there's Mickey Mouse. Let's go see Mickey Mouse. Hang on. Let's, hey, do you want a snack? I'll get you a snack. If you just hang on, hey, hey, I promise the fireworks are gonna start in five minutes. You want a fruit snack? Here, you want a fruit snack? I'll get you a fruit snack. Hey, bro, hey, you want this stuffed animal? I will buy you, buy you the entire thing of stuffed animals if you just sit in this stroller and not talk for a minute. <laughs> Finally, we get to the end of the night, and I'll tell you what, we actually made a lot of great memories, a lot of fun. It comes in waves, like there's little low moments. You're like, I'll sell these kids. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm sure somebody will get, I'm just kidding. I would not sell my kids. Don't put that on the internet, okay? But then there's like super high moments. It's like, oh my God, I feel like the, I'm the best parent in the world. Let's have eight of them. Just kidding, just kidding. We done, amen. But then we get to the end of the night and we're doing the fireworks and my wife caught this picture of fireworks. Check this out. I just told him, hang on. We're going, look, look, look at my boy. Look at my boy. He's like, oh my God. The buildings light up. There's fireworks. There's Mickey Mouse. Sensory overload. <laughs> that, about that time, the emotions hit, right? I'm like, man, we feel like we're doing something. We made it. But it required for us to get to a moment like this, it required a little bit of endurance. It required because I could have quit when my three-year-old said, I don't want quesadillas. Well, bro, that's what we ordered through the app. That's what we eating. I could have quit when the little lightning pass was like, sorry, man, that's not going to work. Excuse me? It's going to work. I will pray for you in the name of Jesus. It required a little endurance, right? It required a little endurance. Church, for us to step into a season of breakthrough, it's going to require a little endurance. It's not always going to be easy. Here's what the Bible never promised. I'm gonna believe in Jesus and life is gonna be perfect and I'm never gonna be stressed and my kids are always gonna be awesome. My marriage is gonna be awesome and I'm never gonna have an issue. Bible doesn't say that. That's like, not the Bible, not there, okay? It requires us to have a little stick to It requires it. And that's why I'm preaching this in the middle of 21 days of fasting and prayer. 
right? In the middle of that, I wanna give you some ways this week to activate spiritual endurance. When you wanna quit, how do you not? How do you not? I'm gonna give you four ways. Number one, accept the unchangeable. Accept the unchangeable. Accept those things in life that cannot be changed. William Barclay described endurance as the courageous acceptance of everything life can do to us and transmitting even the worst event into another step of upward way. Let's face it, some events and circumstances are inevitable. Some things are going to happen. Sometimes life is not fair and it doesn't deal us a fair hand. Sometimes life issues are going to creep into everyone's arena. In one way or another, we all fall out of unlocked plane airplane doors, right? Life is going to happen. It helps to remember that God is in charge. He's in charge of your life. Whatever enters your life, unfavorable circumstances, tragic events, irritating people, praise God. <laughs> it's for the development of your character be it good, bad, indifferent, our response of life forms our character. Check this out. The oyster and the pearl provide a perfect picture of this positive response to life's irritants, right? The, the pearl is a product of pain. It's a product of pain. It's actually, the way the pearl is formed is when an alien substance, like a grain of sand, slips inside the oyster shell on the entry of that irritant, all the resources within that tiny sensitive oyster rush to that spot and begin to release healing fluids that otherwise would have remained dormant. Eventually that irritant is covered and that wound is now a pearl. No other gem has such a fascinating history. It's a symbol of stress. The precious tiny jewel is conceived by irritation born of adversity, where there had been, had there been no wounding, no irritation, no interruption, there could not be a pearl. James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says it perfectly. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What would happen if we adjusted our perspective? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Church, your problem is just a preparation for your promotion. God is way more concerned with your development than your comfort. Well, God, I thought you were gonna make my life perfect. You're gonna make my life better. No, I'm... I'm going to develop you. Well, God, I don't feel good. I don't like that no more. Take me back. If you want a breakthrough, you can't go back. Can't go back to your comfortable spot. Number two, adjust to the obstacles. Adjust to the obstacles. Sometimes we've got to adjust our way to fit the realities of life. Right? Solomon wrote, said a sensible person sees danger and takes cover, but an inexperienced, but the inexperienced keep going and are punished. Let me give you the, the SCOBY version of what Solomon just said. Dummies keep on doing dumb things. 
They're going to print that version one day. Just, uh, some circumstances in your life are unavoidable. Disappointments are going to happen. Obstacles are surely going to be in your life. The person with endurance acknowledges the roadblocks and makes adjustments. Thomas Carlyle said the rock, the block of granite, what, that was an obstacle and the pathway of the wheat becomes a stepping stone and the pathway of the strong. Is it going to block you or is it going to become a stepping stone? That is determined by your adjustments. When the obstacles of life are stacked before us, we can, we can adjust by going around, climbing over or tunneling under. But are you just going to allow the things that you're going through to distort and disfigure your life? Are there circumstances or people in your life that, that maybe you've just allowed to change your course and, a, and just walk away? Why not transform these obstacles into growth blocks by learning to adjust? Don't think of adjustment as a failure. Think of it as an education, right? Some of us need to make adjustments in our spiritual walk and that's okay. That's all right. I guarantee you they made little adjustments in their steps around the city of Jericho. 100%. Like it was a little rocky over here. Like God told them to walk around the city. He didn't say they had to walk through the ditch the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guarantee you, they said, well, this spot over here is a little different. Like, let's walk this and let's do it this way. They made adjustments. And by day six, they had that thing pretty much figured out. You know what I'm saying? They were ready for the breakthrough. That's okay. For some of you, young adults, maybe you're in college and, and, and you're like, that, man, this major, I, I felt like I was supposed to do that, but it's, it's bothering me. And I, I don't even want to do this anymore. Make an adjustment. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, it, it, maybe you're at work and your team is, is making life more stressful than it is positive for your work experience. It's okay, make an adjustment, adjust the policies, adjust the procedures, adjust, like adjust. What about your marriage? Maybe it's more draining than it is giving to you. Make an adjustment, make an adjustment. Church, let me just tell you, I believe in spiritual transformation, but I, always, I, I, I do always still believe and, and marital counseling as well. Some of you need to go see a professional counselor and that's okay. Like you need to take your marriage and for you to save your marriage, you need to go see a professional and let them help you. I believe that there's a spiritual transformation side of this, but there's also a professional side of this that they can help you lead even closer into the spiritual side. Make an adjustment. Don't just think, well, this, I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. And Dummies keep doing dummy things, right? I wanna, I wanna get better. I wanna get better, make an adjustment. Maybe for some, I love that they're doing, a, that we have a life group about grief. For some, many of you in this church, grief has hit you like a ton of bricks and, and you feel like you're in quicksand. Some of you need to make an adjustment as well. You've gotta change your mentality from the victim mentality. And the only way for you to be able to do that is not only to lean into the spiritual, but you could also go to a counselor as well. And there's nothing wrong. I believe Jesus likes counselors. Y'all can clap for that, that's okay. Jesus had 12, 12 disciples that he asked questions to all the time. He already knew the answers. Sounds like counseling to me. Does it not? That's not even in my notes, that's free. <laughs> Number three, pack your patience. 
Some of y'all just said, ooh, Pastor Michael just cussed in church. <laughs> How many of y'all not patient people? Be honest. Don't, don't. I give you permission to elbow your spouse right now and say, you better raise your hand. Huh? That's me. I'm with you. That's my people in the house. Like I get impatient. I start rubbing my head. I start like doing this number, put my hands in my pockets, you know. Margaret Thatcher, a former British prime minister, said it this way. said, I am extraordinarily patient provided I get my own way in the end. <laughs> Amen. But unfortunately, you cannot learn patience by listening to a sermon. Unless the sermon is so long that you have to practice patience while you listen to it. And that is not my intention today. But you can't learn patience by reading a book. Unless the book is so boring that you have to get up the patience to finish it, right? The only way to learn patience is by facing the real world, taking life as it comes, holding on, gritting your teeth, clenching your jaw and riding out the storm. You know, I, I, I would say it this way. God's waiting room is the most difficult aspect of the Christian life. All right? In the Greek language, this is powerful. The term for patience is often translated long-suffering. Okay, long-suffering. It's a compound word, right? The first part means long or far. Not hard, right? But the second part means hot anger or wrath. Don't like that as much, right? So putting it together, we literally have long anger. We have an English expression like short-tempered, all right? Some of y'all know some of those people, right? Some of y'all impatient are those people, right? Uh, so short-tempered, all right? But patience is the ability that keeps us from blowing up when events don't go our way or losing our cool when, when, when things upset us, right? It's literally means to have long anger instead of short-tempered. Instead of short anger, long anger. When the stuff hits the fan in your life, how does it hit you spiritually? Does it just ruin your spiritual walk? James 5, 7 through 8. Therefore, brothers, be patient. How long? Until the Lord's coming. Is the Lord here yet? Then it's the Lord's calling us to patience. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it re receives the early and late rains. You must Oh, you also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. James shows how the farmer demonstrates patience. A farmer cannot make it rain. I mean, not, can't make it rain. He can't give the, the fruit growth, but he must rely on God to act in the most wise and merciful way. He's gotta have patience. The secret of patience I'm, I'm telling you the secret of patience as somebody that has not mastered patience. Y'all ready for this? It's resting. It's resting. We've got to learn to rest and endure under the loan of pain and struggle. Here's what I'm learning. And be clear, I'm not good at this. But here's what I'm learning. When I am impatient, that's the moment that I need to stop, take a deep breath, and ask the Lord to give my spirit rest and let things unfold for just a moment. Because it's in the moment that I get impatient that I would make a decision that would affect my endurance. Well, you know what? Forget it. I'm never coming back to this restaurant again. How many of y'all have said that? 
You th- you're thinking it right now. You've said it, right? But in that moment, if we take a deep breath, all right, God, it was just a drink. It'll be back. Be okay. They'll get it. They'll get it figured out. Is the, mo- the moment I, I need endurance. Listen, what I'm telling you is that you may not, you, right now, you may need to stop doing and start listening for just a moment. Like in the toughest times, you may need to just stop doing and start listening. And that's why quiet time, is, your quiet time daily is such a valuable experience for a Christian. Like if you're a believer, I encourage you, you need to have at least 15 minutes every day where there's no shows, there's no like Facebook, there's no TikTok, there's no news, there's no nothing where you just have the Lord and his word and let him speak to you. If you don't have that, you're missing out on value in the spiritual, in your Christian walk, all right? You're not going to develop patience without that. You will need the patience that is developed in this time to step into your breakthrough. You'll need patience inside of, for endurance. And then the fourth, my final point today is to recognize his presence. Recognize his presence. When some of us are going through it, we've got to remember that God is with us. Can you say that? Say, God is with me. See, sometimes God is like a teacher instructing us. Sometimes God is like a fellow worker challenging us to excellence. Sometimes God is a spectator encouraging us to keep on keeping on. But whatever the the situation we find ourselves, God is always with us. But when we recognize that his presence is there, we have strength beyond our own ability. A second wind, if you will. I love, uh, Teresa, where's Teresa at? She's still in here. She's serving the kids. Teresa's doing a, a running group and uh, love it. I love it. There you are. She's doing a, a running group. I'm so, uh, that's going to be awesome. I'm not going to join that group. So, <clears throat> um, but I encourage all y'all to do that. It's going to be awesome. So one time I decided I was going to be like super healthy. And I was like, man, I'm going to go run at 5 a.m. every day. That lasted for like three days. It was great. No, but I, there was one time that I decided I was going to run. I, I play basketball, son. That, that's my cardio. That's it. And so, but I decided I was going to run like, like on purpose. And so, uh, so started doing running and I, I was running with this guy and he was like, hey, bro, like it was my first week. And he was like, man, you need to come run this 5K with me this Saturday. Here's the link. Register. Let's do it. And I, like for me, I'm like always do things with people. I'm like, yeah, man, that sounds great. Let's do it. It's just running. It's not that bad. Let's do it. So I register, and then I find out it's a color run. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. So I show up to the color run, and I like got my white shirt, and I had this like big beard at the time, and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do this run. And I get like the first mile. I'm like, man, this is super easy. you know. And then I get to the second mile. I'm like, man, this is this is getting a little bit more difficult. And I told my guy, my guy was running with, I was like, look, you just go. go. I'm gonna catch up with you. I, I'll be there. I'll be there, okay? You just go. And so by the second mile, I'm running and I do the thing. And then I made the worst decision of my lifetime probably. And you know, the, at the color run, if you've never been to it, they like throw color stuff at you. And um, I was like, man, I need something that's gonna fire me up, right? So um, I, I decided they had this little arc 
where you could like run around it and they throw color on you or you could run in the middle and they just throw color at you. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go in the middle. Let's go for it. I'm gonna go all in. Let's go. Like, so it's gotta fire me up. So I go and I run in and I'm like, ha! Ah! And they straight up threw color stuff right down into my trachea. <laughs> I'm like running my... Ah! I was coughing up pink powder for like four weeks. I was like running, I was doing a thing. And y'all, I was so frustrated in that moment. I was like, I can't run, I can't breathe, I can't swallow, I can't spit, I can't do, my eyes are watering. I don't know what to do. My knees hurt, my feet hurt, my hands hurt. Why do my hands hurt? I don't understand what's happening right now. And so I'm trying to do it and I'm trying to do it. And then finally I get to the water station and my buddy is there at the water station. He's like, oh bro, you messed up. He's like, here, let me get. And, and, and I get to the water station, he like baptizes me with water. He's like, Tsh. we get all the powder off. He was like, all right, bro, look at me. He says, we're going to finish strong. We're going to do this. We can do it. All right. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. And I start running. I'm like, I had to get all the stuff off of me and then I got a little second win and then I finished in like two hours. It was great. It's the best 5K ever. Setting records, like the longest ever. My name's in the record book though, so. I was running, I was doing the whole thing. You know, but I got my second win that allowed me to finish, right? I got, I got my second win. I need a little endurance. I need a little endurance to finish. Isaiah actually describes this miracle of the second wind and how it happens and how the presence of the Lord is so important. For me, I, you know, if I had not ran into my friend, I might have just walked to the car. You know what I'm saying? Like I might've just walked to my vehicle and been like, that's it, that's done. But I saw my friend and he helped me, right? For some of us, we need the presence, or for all of us, we need the presence of the Lord to give us our second wind. In Isaiah chapter 40, he says, do you not know, have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He grows faint or weary. He never grows faint or weary. There's no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the weary and he strengthens the powerless. It's not an accident that they mention strength twice in one verse. Not, a, not an accident there. I, and so youth may faint and grow weary, but the young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Amen. And, and they will walk and not faint. The secret of the second wind is recognizing God's presence in your life, in your world right now. Even when it doesn't look good, when the world says, give up, drop out, run away, God says, trust me, lean on me, fall into my spirit. God is with you and he's here to support you and to sustain you. God will give you the hope, the courage, and the strength that you're looking for. He's promised, he said, my presence will go with you and give you rest. He'll give you rest. My wife plays these kids' songs in our house and they're awesome and they're great, but they're like little kids' songs about like, like, like Jesus' kids' songs and stuff. And, and there's this one that's like, God's going with me. And they, they repeat it and like going back and forth and my kids and I like, eventually I thought, Karma, why, why are we like, can we listen to like John Mayer or something for just a minute? <laughs> for like just a second. Do we like, can we take a break for just a minute? And then we, like, we get on this trip and Carmen's like, listen to it. And then my, my three-year-old walks to me and we're in the airport and he looks at me. He's like, God's going with me in the airport. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm glad God's going with you, but hush your mouth. Like, 
but there was something valuable to, to my kids knowing that the Lord is going with them, that there will be strength that comes with that. It's an elementary truth, but if you'll just recognize, God's going with you. Y'all are gonna sleep, you're gonna go to bed, and you're thinking, I cannot unhear that song that Pastor Michael sang, and I hope it does in Jesus' name, because you need to recognize God's going with you, and the strength of the Lord is within you. If you recognize his presence, he is here. The endurance you're looking for is in his presence. Some of you are, you're, you're facing, you, you made round two and you're, you're, you've circled Jericho four or five times and it looks bleak. Recognize his presence today. I know your family struggles seem like they're, they're bigger than what you can handle, but recognize his presence right in the middle of it. Your financial pressure right now, there's more months than, there's, there's more bills than there is month. You know what I'm saying? There's more, there's more, uh, there's more food you need in your house than you have finances. Let me just tell you, recognize his presence. Keep on being faithful to the Lord. And I'm telling you, he will step in, recognize his presence and a breakthrough will come. Recognize his presence. Recognize his presence today. Would you stand with me across the room? One of the biggest boxing matches of the 20th century took place in, on November 25th, 1980. It was at the Superdome in New Orleans. It was a rematch between Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. Duran had, had won the previous fight and he was the favorite the second time around. He had a record of 72 wins and just one loss. He had won his last 41 fights. It's a pretty good winning streak. The rematch was a close fight. Only a point or two separated the two fighters on the judges' scorecards. But then something unthinkable happened in the eighth round that no one expected. Roberto Duran turned to the referee and spoke two words. No mas. No more. He quit. He wasn't injured. It wasn't cut. He was frustrated and he had had enough. Here's a fighter who is one of the best ever to step into a ring. He won a total of 103 fights, but when anybody mentions his name today, the first thing that comes to, me, to mind is no mas. People remember the day he quit. Church, I wanna challenge you, be remembered for the day that you didn't quit. Be remembered for the day that you said, today is the day I'm getting my spiritual endurance, that I'm gonna have a little spiritual stick-to-itiveness the reason many people don't get their breakthrough is that they quit on turn two or turn five or turn six. And you say, well, God, you weren't faithful. No, you didn't finish. How many times have we lost our faith on the sixth march around the wall when breakthrough is coming just the next day? Church, you gotta keep punching. You gotta keep moving. You gotta keep marching. Keep being faithful to what the Lord has put in front of you. Some of you are, are, are stay-at-home moms. Let me encourage you. Stay faithful to what the Lord has put right in front of you. God has called you to be a game changer, a world changer. You, some of you are working parents. Some of you are school teachers. Some of you are CEOs. Let me encourage you. Keep marching. Keep fighting. Do what the Lord put right in front of you. Have the spiritual endurance and do the next right thing. Church, I want to be remembered for staying in the fight even when things get hard. 
even when things get difficult. Let me encourage you today, I don't care what you're going through. When we recognize the presence of the Lord, there's some endurance that comes with that. Sean, I see you back there. Sean of the Halton family. I just had a loss in their family all the way in California. But this week still stayed in town and, and served and served the vision of the church. And as, as you're grieving your family, I just want you to know that I love you. Thank you for reaching out and asking me to pray for you. So the Lord would give you endurance. His presence is with you. He's with you, even in the toughest of times. Kobe is with you. He's with you. I don't care what you're going through today. You may not feel like you can have endurance. Let me tell you, you'll find endurance in his presence. It's when you lean into the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit and let him move you and change you and shake you. Because on the other side of endurance, is a breakthrough on the other side of your endurance is a breakthrough dream team keep dreaming keep serving parents keep loving spouses keep serving each other on the other side of your endurance is a breakthrough. Today, I want to pray over you that the Lord would use his word, that it's a seed planted inside of you, that you would take this and let it be something that grows in you, not only on a Sunday, but on a Tuesday, when you feel like you want to quit, when you feel like it'd be easier to quit, when you, you feel like you fell out of that proverbial airplane and you feel like it'd be easier to just let go. Right now, I want to pray over you that the Lord would begin to give you and bless you with spiritual endurance that he would pour out a flesh, a, a fresh wind of his spirit in your world, in your life, in your spirit today. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I love you and I'm so thankful for your presence that I feel in this house. God, I speak encouragement to every person in this house that Lord, you would literally put courage inside of them, put courage inside of their heart, inside of their minds, Lord, right now that you would touch them and lift them up, even in the most dire of circumstances, that right now they would have endurance, God, they would, they would lean in the patience that comes from you, from your presence, God, that we would make adjustments that you would show us, that we would understand that some things can't be changed, but Lord, inside of you, there is fullness of joy. Inside of you, there is peace that is everlasting. You are the Prince of Peace. God, you are the everlasting Father. So we lean into you. We speak of, God, a fresh outpouring of your spirit. Lord, baptize us with a peace and an endurance that can only come from you. Not a fleshly endurance or a fleshly strength that would falter with our strength, but God, a spiritual strength that would make us soar with the wings of eagles. Today, we speak that over this house, over this people. In Jesus' name.